Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about the ins and outs of off-site construction with the help of special guest David Cooper of Connecticut Valley Homes in East Lyme, Connecticut. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hi everyone, Tim Fowler here and thank you very, very much for tuning into the Tim Fowler Show. So a number of years ago, uh, when I was actually living in South Georgia, I was doing some construction. We were building a house and I had finished up work for that week on the house that we were building. And I noticed that there was a slab on the lot, I think two doors down, that had just been sitting there for several weeks. And we had been commenting and talking to each other about like, how come that builder hadn't gotten around to putting something up on that slab? And I wonder what's, you know, holding them up while we're, you know, so great making progress on our house. And so I don't know why I had to do it, but I had to pop back by the job site on Sunday afternoon and, oh my goodness, there was a house sitting there on that slab. One day it had been put up in one day. Now the siding wasn't on it but the windows were in, the roof was done, it was completely dry. And I, I just couldn't believe it. And that was my first uh, introduction to the idea that something could be built somewhere else, brought to a job site and installed, if you will. I don't know if that's the right term or not. And then several years after that, uh, my middle brother's home in Burlington, Mass was destroyed by fire. And after going through all the trauma of the insurance process, uh, he and his wife decided that they would not only build a nice house, but it would be a little bit bigger. And they went what we would call modular. And uh, that was my second experience. And I, But I got the experience of being able to go into that house uh, for many times, Christmas dinners and all that kind of thing uh, after that. And just to see the quality of the construction and I got to see pictures of them craning this amazing roof into place. It was just uh, something that I hadn't experienced. And then several years ago now, maybe three or four years ago now, I was at the JLC live show in Portland, Oregon. And I met a company there that built modular. And as they started showing me pictures, I realized we're not dealing with the same kind of house I saw in Thomasville, Georgia anymore, or even my brother's house, which is, is okay. It's nice, but these are different homes and they're very, very sophisticated, uh, amazing, intricate design. Uh, and this company happened to be on the West coast and they would build them. I don't know if they're in Oregon or California, but they would build them, put them on a barge in pieces and take them over to Hawaii and then install them in Hawaii. Now, so modular or whatever you want to call it has come a long, long way since I've been in this business. So I met uh, a woman at a conference that I did a few months ago, and uh, she mentioned that they did modular. 
And uh, I said, I got to have you on the show. So I have Dave with us. And so, but before we get to Dave, Steve, what's your experience with the modular world? You know, I, I'm excited because I don't know much. I worked on a few uh, when I had my remodeling company. Um, and, you know, being in the crawl space, you couldn't really tell too many differences. I know the all I remember is that the crawl space was unfinished. It was just <laughs> kind of roughly poured. But that was the only difference that I saw. Um, and then there being a lot of glue. But I'll, I'll be very interested to talk to Dave. And let's get started. So David Cooper is the managing director of Connecticut Valley Homes. He is an award-winning modular home expert specializing in modular off-site construction. In business almost 40 years, Connecticut Valley Homes has built nearly 1,600 homes in Connecticut and Rhode Island and all over Fishers Island and Block Island. Based in East Lyme, Connecticut, with design studios in Westerly, Rhode Island and Fairfield, Connecticut, they are an on-your-lot builder and specialize in teardowns, rebuild, and coastal construction. Welcome to the show, Dave. Great, Dave. Thanks for having me. So this is really cool. So before we get into what's going on right now, give us a little history of the modular world. I, I think it goes back further than my little stint in Thomasville, Georgia. So give us a little history about where, where it started and, and, and where we are now. Yeah, well, you know, believe it or not, modular has been around since the 1800s, right? Gentleman named Manning out of uh, Britain, London, whatever you want to call it, uh, started advertising these portable structures, uh, but they didn't build them in London or Britain. They ended up building them in Australia, um, you know, and, and there's still some standing today, uh, which is which is pretty amazing. Um, when it really first came to the United States, most people don't know this, or, or maybe they do. Sears and Roebuck in the 1900s started building modular and selling out of a catalog. They had something like 44 models uh, that they were selling, and you can find those all over the country still standing today. So that's that's kind of the, the beginnings of it. Um, and since Sears and Roebuck started this, you know, manufacturers have popped up all over the country throughout the years. Uh, and it's it's a really big growing industry at the moment, which is which is great for those of us who have been in it for a long time. Yeah. So I think so. What's changed? What what is different now? I, I went through a couple of examples of how I've seen it. Uh, I don't know what you call it, mature or develop. But from your vantage point, as someone who's been dealing with this for many years, what's changed over the years in terms of this modular uh, construction? Sure. You know, the, the biggest change that we had in the industry really has come from technology, right? We're a modular manufacturer, so most of the manufacturers are still using a manufactured AutoCAD type system, which is different than an architectural AutoCAD system. Um, but since the introduction of AutoCAD into what we do, it's allowed us to, to really grow and expand and be very competitive on a custom home level, right? And, and get, get away from that boxy modular look that it used to be, you know, similar to what you're talking about. Right, they were okay. Right. right. But you, right. Could, you could look at it and say, well, that's probably a modular. <laughs> well, you know, not, not today. I mean, that's really uh, all, all driven by technology has, has kind of forced this change into our industry. Uh, and it's allowed us to, to, to build pretty much the same exact product as any site or stick builders building today. 
Yeah, you you sent me over some pictures, and uh, I did look at them. By good, the way, good. I know that it was a little late getting them to you, but I'm glad. Yeah, sometimes sometimes <laughs> people send pictures, and then we just ignore them. But I did look at them, and it's pretty amazing yeah. what you could do. It's just kind of a, a the visuals, especially the um, the cedar shingle uh, one that you sent over was amazing to me. The the quality, I think, of the architecture. So. I think that is a big difference. It's changed in, in that way. Yeah, it really has. In fact, that one I think you're talking about was uh, one we actually did in Westerly. Okay. You know? So, um, yeah, you know, there's really no difference today, right? The, the, the only difference between what I do and what a site builder does is I just put it together a little bit differently. We fall under the same codes, the same building principles as anybody else does. So I think when we talked uh, kind of getting ready for this, that you mentioned that that it's really more about the processes change, not the product. So give us a little bit more about the difference, you know, so what's what's that about, the process versus the product? Right. So, I mean, I, I used to, I like to use the analogy. It's kind of like, you know, you could either have your car built in your driveway or you could have your car built at the factory, Right. They're, they're both going to run. They're both going to go down the highway at 55 miles an hour or whatever it is, 75 <laughs> miles an hour in some states now. But what would you rather have? Would you rather have your car built in a controlled environment or in your driveway? And most people are going to choose the manufacturing plant, right, to have their car built. So with that said, you know, housing is no different. We're in an industry that hasn't changed in over 100 years. Right. It doesn't physically make sense to me why we're still doing it the way we used to do it. Uh, and and that's, that's kind of what has changed. So we just look at it a little bit differently, like I said previously. It's, it's, it's not really a product modular, it's a process. Okay. And the process is we just decided to put it together a little bit differently than piece by piece on site. And that's how we, that's how we did it and we you know, have a component system. So I can hear, again, funny about these podcasts, I, I hear the crowd behind me saying things and maybe I'm going a little crazy, but I can hear some of my compadres out there that are in the custom building world going like, well, I know what the difference is. Yeah. We build quality and then obviously they've experienced something different. So give us a little rundown on how the quality of the modular has improved over the last however many years you can kind of feel because I think that's our experience for those of us who do build on site we kind of have this image that yeah some good stuff but maybe the quality isn't the same you know Tim that's probably the 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 greatest question you can ask me because I get asked that all the time by by clients right Right. there is that stigma that that comes with it and so in early days, modulars were a little simpler, right? They, they, they came from almost a HUD product, right, from what they are today. And there, was, there wasn't such a diverse group of builders actually utilizing, you know, modular technology to construct. Um, but I would put my house up against any of the custom builders out there. In fact, I compete with, you know, builders that are in the 500 to 1,000 square foot range, you know, for building. The way we have to build just to ship our houses has to be stronger, right? We're building in sections. We got to ship them down a highway, 55, 65, <laughs> 75 miles an hour, right? And, and, and they cannot blow off the back of the truck. Right. It just wouldn't be good for anybody. Right. So 
you know, as far as quality, I think it's just like anything else, right? I can run around town and I can point, you know, out five shabby site builders as well. <laughs> sure, sure. And I, I think it comes down to the company that you hire, you know, what their reputation is, and, and if they care about quality, right? Right. I compete in the custom home market. Quality has to be there, right. regardless of what, what we do. So that's really the big difference, I think, from, from what we do versus what they do. It's just structurally, we're probably about 30% stronger than a site built home. And the quality comes from the builder that you're using to make sure they're paying attention to all the fine details. Okay, cool. So before we get into some of the advantages and maybe some disadvantages, again, in our conversation prior to this, you mentioned four different or five different forms of modular. And if you could kind of go down through those and give everybody a little bit of a, a taste of what each is and how they're different. Yeah, so I, I originally did say four, so you had it right. And then when I sent it back to you, I put five. You know, there's more people coming into this industry every time. And, and you know, basically you have modular construction, right? Modular is what we do. And that is basically, you know, in the, in the when I say the big world of like production builders, they call it volumetric building. Okay. Right? Um, but modular in general is we're building, you know, anywhere between 70 and 80, 85% of the house offsite in a controlled environment. We're shipping it in and then we are placing it on, a, on the foundation and then finishing it from there. So by the time it reaches that foundation within a day or two, you're 70 to 85% complete, let's say, on the modular portion, if you okay. do it that way. Um, we also have panelized building, right? Panelized is similar to stick building, but they're building just the structural integrity of the house, walls, floors, you know, roofs, offsite, assembling it, but you still have to do all your sheetrock and your wiring and your plumbing, just like a normal house on site to, to okay. pull that together. Okay. Um, the next would be, what am I on? Three sips. Yep. Sips, sips paneling is going to be kind of your foam board right? That's sandwiched on both sides of some uh, OSB or some sort of plywood or micro lamp. And it's the same thing. The structural components are built off site. Right. Right. And then they're brought in, they're assembled. So you have the bones of the structure. And then again, the plumbing, electricians, everybody has to come in and, 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 and uh, finish it off from there. Uh, then we have log homes, even log homes are, you know, off-site construction now. There's very few companies that go out in the wood and cut the logs and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, site build them from, you know, your, from your backyard. Right, right. But it's the same thing. It's a numbered system. The log companies are out there and they have designed homes or they can custom design a home. They fabricate all the pieces. And the cool thing about log homes, most of the times they build them on site at their factory before shipping them out. Right. Right, which is, which is kind of neat and kind of unheard of these days. Uh, now, I think the last one I put on there was container homes. Okay. Yep. Right. Shipping containers. Yep. That is now a form of offsite construction. And there's quite a few people across the country and around the world that are taking old shipping containers, sometimes new too. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they're stacking them together and, and building houses out of them. And, and they're pretty cool. Yeah, they are. I've seen one in, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, Did you? not Scottsdale, Flagstaff, Arizona, the right. builder okay. put, put up there it was very, very interesting. So let's just jump right into what, what you understand as the advantages of this type of construction. Sure. 
Well, you know, the advantage is really that we have in offsite construction is speed, right? Um, from the time I put a house on a foundation to the time somebody moves in is typically 120 days or less. Okay. I could move much quicker and most of your audience probably relate to this. If, if building officials would show up when they need to show up <laughs> and I didn't have to do so much paperwork, the paperwork takes longer than the, than the building the house anymore. <laughs> Right. I got it. I got it. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, but with that, you know, it, it, our homes are very energy efficient. We build from the inside out. So I already have my sheetrock on my plumbing, my wiring, all my insulation before I have any sheathing on the outside walls. So what's the benefit in that? I can walk around the whole exterior of the house before putting my sheathing and siding on and I can insulate all the openings that we cut in the walls, all the openings that we've cut in the studs, which has given me a better airtight seal on our home. But we all know, you know, that also leads to other problems, right? If you make a house too tight, but um, we're green, it's sustainable building. Okay. Give you an idea of that. The manufacturers actually reuse the cut lumber. And if they're small pieces that can't be used in building, they're burning them. And that's what creates their heat in the manufacturing plant. So the sawdust and the wood is all being reutilized for heating purposes out at the manufacturer, which, which is pretty cool in and of itself. So, you know, I think um, when we talk about reducing waste and sustainability and all these things, modular in that sense is, is kind of leading, leading the way on it. The biggest thing I think for a lot of builders out there looking to get into this is you have less liability on site. Right. Okay. There's less trades, less trucks coming and going. Your foundation's not open for, for long periods of time. Right. Which is a liability. You got kids running around playing. <laughs> you got trucks coming in and out all the time. All of that is significantly reduced just because we have so much of it already done at the manufacturing plant. So, you so know, let, me, let me just ask you, you, you created a mental picture for me that's a little confusing. So okay. you mentioned uh, you can go around the outside of the house and insulate everything before the sheathing's put on. Yeah. My mental image is gigantic tables where walls are being built. So how are these things actually being built? Are they standing up in a factory when they build these walls? Is that the way it's really done? Yeah. So just like site construction, we have what they call jigs at the factory. So let's say, you know, one jig's 15 feet wide. They build their floor system on that jig, right? Okay. There's another station, just like on site framing, where somebody's framing out the walls, then they bring the walls and they set it on the floor, right? Okay. And then somebody else is doing the whole, the whole roof system or ceiling system. And then that's put on top, right? Which okay. is really cool because all the sheetrock is already on these studded walls when they actually put them on the floor. Right. So everything's interlocked between where all the corners of the walls come together and the floor. So the whole, if you think of it like a cube or a module, that whole thing is built, insulated, framed, sheetrock, wired, plumb inside the manufacturing plant, these big facilities, but you can walk along the exterior walls and still see all the studs in the back of the sheetrock. Okay. Okay. Is that, is that, did I help clarify it a little bit? Yeah, it does. I, I, it's just one of those mental pictures that I, I thought I knew what was going on and yeah. sure enough, I don't, uh, that would be really fun to visit one of these places and just see uh, what, what might be going on. So what about robots or, are, are, 
are robots part of this process? I mean, other than the drawings and the plans and that sort of thing, are they, I guess maybe that would go along with my incorrect picture of a big table with robots shooting right. nails into walls and things like that, but are they right. using robots? They, they are. All right. So, well, I'm going to kind of do two things on here. So in Europe, because Europe's kicking our butts in prefabricated <laughs> modular construction. Yeah, yeah. They're using robots, I mean, not only to to do the computer CAD-generated stuff and CNC machines and all of that, but they're actually using robots that are framing walls, cutting lumber, stacking it the way it needs to be stacked and built, which is really cool. Yeah. In the United States, we haven't caught up yet okay. on the efficiencies of the robots, but they are using robots, and there are companies that have started doing fully robotic plants. Um, but the main modular guys that are doing this, it's really just the CNC machines, uh, lumber picking robots that'll go get the lumber, restack it and what have you. Um, but there are companies like Blueprint Robotics out of Baltimore, Maryland. They're, that's a fully robotic setup that they have down there. Wow. Um, and the way the industry is looking at it right now here in the United States is that the robotic systems really work for that mass production type home or hotels. Most people don't know most hotels like Marriott, I think they're, they're 40 or 50% of their builds will all be modular this year. Wow. So, you know, yeah. but those with that repetitive system is where they see it at right now, but that'll soon change as the industry changes. Yeah. that that really makes a lot of sense. So, are there any disadvantages to this? I know you do this for your work, and so maybe uh, you've got to see where maybe there's some disadvantages. Yeah. You know, the, the biggest disadvantage that, that we find with our customers that they, they think it's a disadvantage, but it's really an, it ends up being an advantage for them, is they have to make all their decisions up front. Okay. And when I say that, you're not locked into it, but if you want the efficiencies of modular construction – you know, we have to think these things through so we don't end up with change orders and issues in the field, right? We have to look at our whole process in the forefront to make sure that we're getting it right because we're playing a game of centimeters here. We're not playing a game of feet, right? So with us, when it comes and sets, we need to be spot on on what we're doing. Um, so that, that, I think the biggest disadvantage that most customers would say would, oh, you know, what if I change my mind or I don't really, you know, they have a hard time making those decisions up front. The advantage is once they do it, they kind of love it because it takes so much of the stress away. They're not stuck going through the whole product, still trying to run something to a builder and say, oh, I didn't get my lights yet or I didn't get this yet. Right. Um, so that, that's one. The other disadvantage, and it's really not disadvantage, it's kind of what every industry has. These are still built by human beings, right? Right On a production line. So we have order issues like anybody else. Somebody orders something wrong. Somebody takes an interior dimension on a window wrong. Um, it doesn't happen very often, but you know those things still can happen. And when they do, obviously, it, it, it throws a, a kink in the system for us as well. Yeah, so you, you, you still have some of that human error in there. It's just a little more controlled in in the uh, the warehouse environment. So, nope. are, are you actually saying that they have to pick their toilet out before, and they have to? I mean, I'm just. I mean, I'm again. I'm hearing all these people in the background going like, "I wish we could do that." <laughs> yeah, call me. I'll, I'll tell them how. It's not hard. Hey, so 
listen, like toilets, you know, we don't install toilets at the manufacturing plant a lot just because we're doing so much hardwood floors and tiling, you know, in our homes that, that, that if a customer wanted to supply their own toilets, once the house is there, something like, you know, those types of cosmetic, you know, introductory things that come kind of last, uh, doing stuff like that can be, can be added. It's not hard set in stone. Like if you don't do it, you can't build your house. Right. But if it's something that's going to be installed during the manufacturing process, okay. Like we need to know, is it a ceiling fan? Do you want a light switch for your light? Do you want a light switch for your fan as well? Right. Those types of things. We need to know those details and then they can supply that ceiling fan on site. That's okay. But we have to have some direction. Got it. So Dave, how about, uh, inspections, all of that is done at your factory. It is. So most states, uh, they hire third-party inspection agencies that do all of our structural inspections through the manufacturing plant. Um, and your world up there, Tim, in Rhode Island, they even have a second inspection that, that adds a great two, three weeks to our time frame. Thank you very much, Rhode Island. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's third parties out there that are, that are inspecting these to include the local building inspector can walk through and see what you did as well. But they can't ask you to rip the sheetrock off. And then the um, the foundation that's in place, that's uh, on site, and then you guys are bringing it to the just place again on the foundation, correct? We are, yeah. Typically, the the foundation's in place, you know, curing whatever it is, two weeks a month, depending on the time of year, and we're trying to set the home right after that's cured. So that that's a brings up a great point, Steve, because you know when we get a building permit. The site work begins, right? The excavation, the foundation, demo, whatever it is. But at the same time that's happening, we're building on the production line. Mm-hmm. So the house is being built simultaneously as the foundation's being built. And this is where the ballet of coordination comes in. because We're trying to time the delivery of that house within a couple weeks of that foundation, you know, once it cures. And then we set the house and that's really, you know, kind of the big quote unquote time advantage that we have over other people. So this is just fascinating to me, mostly because I don't know very much about it. So it's kind of fun to learn new things. But let's talk about money for just a minute. What I mean, on the average, if if you if you have a number, is there any savings? uh, Is it does it cost less, I guess, to the client for them to go through this process? Or is it just a little more money for the contractor? Because we're not opposed to that. We're not opposed to the contractor putting a little extra money in their pocket. So I'm just kind of wondering, you know, uh, can you make a little more this way? Or is there actually some savings for the client? Or how does the money work out? The money money works out pretty much the same as as site construction, right? We're we're not a cheaper product by any stretch, right? We're actually a better built product. Um, Can it be less money? Absolutely it can, right? So here's... Kind of what's happening in, in our neck of the world where trade labor is really you know a shortage for us like really skilled trade right. labor right you know so if we're building in our neck of the woods yeah you can save 10 15 percent modular because you're not paying the high trade labor costs of the guys that have been doing it for a while because they don't have a whole lot of competition right okay. so yeah can you be 10 to 15 percent less you can where the real savings comes for customers in general is is basically their their time on a loan, construction okay. loan, yeah. right? They're at 120 days at that you know six seven eight percent construction rate till they lock into their fixed mortgage. 
Um, so that that's really where the time comes in. Uh, the headache savings come in for the customer. Now, for, for your audience and the builders, listen, it's no different than site building. If the ballet of coordination goes smoothly and you stay on track and you stay on budget, yeah, there, there's there's profit to be made just like like anybody else is making. Right. Um, but it really comes down to that that whole, you know, being on time, being on budget, uh, you know, mentality, no different than anybody else. We just have to do it in a little bit different order. So as we're wrapping this up again, absolutely fascinating information. But I'm just wondering, like, what would you recommend if someone listens to this and goes, hey, this might be a way that we could either broaden our abilities or get into a new line? What would you tell them to either watch out for or to be sure they check on or to think about as they were planning, maybe putting a business plan for something like this together? First of all, stay out of our, our neighborhood, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't come to our neighborhood. Not a lot. <laughs> Locked up. Yeah. I, yeah. Listen, competition's always great, especially when they're good competition, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Listen, it's like anything else. You have to do your homework, right? You have manufacturers out there that don't build the same quality as other manufacturers, right? Some manufacturers play the low price point because they're trying to get their foot in the door. Um, you know, they're not all the same. So you need to speak to industry experts or, or, you know, manufacturers. You need to interview people just like you're going to interview the trades or anybody else. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. You have to know your market, Right. Know, know what product you're currently putting out there. So when you have these conversations with a supplier, you know, they, they can show you proof that they can do what it is you're looking to do uh, so you're satisfied with it. Um, the other thing is we're different. You're not running around making change orders on sites. At our company, we don't have change orders. That's, that's, her, that's unheard of in our world. It's pretty much unheard of. <laughs> but I have complete control of everything that we're doing. Right. The, the, the ground's the unknown. You know, you, you right. start digging right. and you find Jimmy Hoffa's body. Well, that's a problem, right? You don't know it's there, but you might find it. Right. 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 I, but, uh, you know, have, having control of the entire process takes a lot of due diligence up front. You yeah. really have to cross your T's and dot your I's. You're not looking at a set of plans and uh, winging it on site. you right. got to be really detail oriented. And that's when it pays off on the back end. For you. Well, this is absolutely incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, this has been great, Dave. Thanks so much. We wish you uh, continued success and maybe hope to talk with you again in the future. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. What a lot of fun this has been. Yeah, thank you so much, Dave. Appreciate okay. it. You're welcome. Take care. Well, Tim, that was a pretty incredible podcast. A lot of information. I, I mean, I have a million more questions and thoughts, and maybe we, we continue this and you know, have a have a custom builder on as well, just to talk about the the differences, advantages. Because I know that other people will have their opinions. Yeah, I, I'm sure of that. It's just interesting to see the advancements. And like I mentioned during the the podcast, that Dave did send over some pictures, and there's some pretty amazing things that they've done. And uh, you know, obviously, there's always more and more questions, and we're all proud of what we do, and he's obviously proud of what what he does. It's just, it's just such an incredible thing to see the industry changing and advancing and um, the, what used to be, you know, some pretty, could be some pretty shoddy work has become a place where you get some really good quality product. 
Yeah, no, I agree. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, there's a reason why the Sears Roebuck houses didn't fully catch on. So, you know, whatever that is. And I don't know that we fully got into some of the weather differences as well. I know that's a big right. opposition of stick belt, but I don't know. I think we can definitely continue this at some point. Sounds good to me. Awesome. Well, once again, we would like to thank David Cooper for joining us. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler show. And remember, we're helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast-track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.